This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Two guys wondering just what body parts they have to donate to science to get Carter Hart back out on the ice. They call them the Philadelphia Flyers. And they're not a very good hockey team, at least not on this night, where they descended into the depths of hell to lose to the AHL team known as the New Jersey Devils. It was a good game. I had fun. I, it was uh, probably one of the best nights of my life was tonight, watching whatever the hell that was out there. And just think, you weren't there, and you didn't you didn't bet $30 on the Flyers foolishly, like, I did not like someone I might have known. <laughs> <laughs> I did not lay a third degree once thinking the Flyers are going to win tonight. I did not. Uh, I did not think that was going to happen. Uh, I mean, I didn't think they're going to lose five nothing. I thought they might win, you know, because it's the Devils and they didn't have uh, Nico Hischier or Sammy Vatanen. But you know, I guess uh, whatever. Who cares? There's no logic in this sport. You missed out. You see, what we were all discounting was the secret weapon, Mackenzie Blackwood. <laughs> He's going to get you. Go the fires out shot on forty six to eighteen. Lose five nothing. Mackenzie Blackwood, a forty six save shutout. We all called it. We all saw it coming. Uh let's talk about these numbers, because they're just straight up dumb. Uh so outshot the Devils forty six to eighteen overall. Seventy four shot attempts overall for the Flyers. The Devils had thirty two. At five on five, the Flyers had fifty seven shot attempts. The Devils had nineteen. And shots at five on five. We're 35 to nine. The Flyers held the Devils to nine five on five shots and lost five to nothing. That is unbelievable. What in the fuck is that? What? That's not even a hockey game. I don't know what that is. That doesn't make any sense. It's the second most amount of shots on goal and a shout loss in franchise history. The highest is they had a three nothing loss to the Blackhawks on February 15th of 1969. Probably the only nice thing we'll say during this podcast that year right there. Uh, they <laughs> outshot the Blackhawks 48 to 38. Uh, this is, and this is my favorite, and Kurt said it in the Slack, and then I looked it up, and he was right. So PDO, and sorry, this is advanced stat. PDO is just a random combination of, it's uh, not random, but it's, you combine shooting percentage and save percentage, and it's supposed to equal out to 100, and that's like you have average luck. You're not unlucky. You're supposed to be like a 9.15 save percentage, 8.5 shooting percentage, you know, something like that. If you get to like 0.92, you're considered unlucky. The Flyers in the third period had a PDO of zero. <laughs> they outshot the Devils 20-3 to and lost the period 3 to nothing. They did not score. They did not get a single save. They had a PDO of zero. So it wasn't an unlucky minus eight, minus nine point swing. It was a minus a hundred point swing. Like the most improbable what? thing to happen happened. The the Flyers just, I, I, I don't know if it can be explained what happened tonight. It, I think it's got to be the most frustrating loss of the season. I think because of who they were playing, they were also at home. And also the fact that, 
they find it all we've been doing all any flyers fans been doing for the last two months has been bitching about the power play we know what the solution is they just had this to reconfigure it so it was the one three one drew was on the left and you had i i mean it was just Drew on the left working as the, the power play quarterback and they went 0 for 4 and gave up a shorthanded goal. So Michelle Terry is probably like, I don't want to do that again. So tonight probably worked away from that formation again. And also Ghost came back after a 10-game absence. I think he was only on the ice for the horrendous play he had that led to a goal, which, I mean, it didn't mean anything because they were already down 3 nothing. But it was a bad play. But also, he had missed 10 games and he was coming back. And I really, outside of that play, I don't think he was terrible. And it wasn't his fault, but God damn, everybody was calling for Robert Hag to come back in. And I just, Put I him in a body bag, just body bag Hag is going to come in. And I, I just, I know it's going to happen Saturday. They're going to get, they're going to get killed by the caps. They're going to get outshot like 46 to 10. They're going to win one, nothing. <laughs> Hag's going to have a poke check on a in like the second period. And that's going to become, like, the most watched GIF on Flyers Twitter. And, like, Hag's going to be in the top four the next game. Body it's going to be bag, something dumb like that. Body bag. <laughs> body bag. Body bag. This game has broken me. I, I don't know what tonight was. I'm so... Uh, what was the other dumb stat? Would you uh, say... According to Hockey Reference. In, in your opinion, would you say that sports are bad? I would say sports are sports bad. Sports are and bad. I think a few people agree with that. They sports they reached out to me. They wanted to let me know that sports are bad tonight. I agreed. Somebody also told me that Craig's are bad. I agree with that as well. Sixers um, lost too, so it was a, a double six, dose yeah. of uh, of just misery. Yeah, I I turned on that that game for a couple minutes. I saw three Bucks dunks, and then I saw Ben Simmons about to dunk with like eight seconds left, and uh, Giannis just blocked him or like <laughs> fouled him for no reason, just to like not give him the easy bucket. So it's a good it's a good night of sports. Yeah. Uh, well, just think, perhaps the Flyers, for, yeah. sorry, I, I just, perhaps the Flyers could throw Sean Couturier and like five other guys into a trade for Jack Eichel. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second. Uh, we got to break that down. Actually, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do it right now. This is whatever. This is going to be a ridiculous show. So, <laughs> all right. I don't know. I don't know who came up with this trade. We, somebody, uh, Denny Breslin and Steve Allaw tweeted at me about it. And I usually don't give a shit about hypothetical trades because they are insanely dumb. You do hate them. Guess what this one is? It's insanely dumb. But let's let's take a couple seconds to uh, throw some, you know, I guess the hockey knowledge at it. May I so, read the, the 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 pieces in this trade? Sure. Yeah. Go ahead. So in this proposed trade that was, I believe, written on some some line paper, which is line paper. Yep. All the best trades are written out on on pieces of paper that you would have in a notebook in high school. Uh-huh. And 2020, it's definitely, that's the way people are going. That's saying, the like, way people are going. You, yeah. Why use cap friendly when you have notebook paper? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oof. So why use cap friendly when you can use binder friendly and just have some sheets you put in there? So. Binder friendly. I mean, it's yeah. perfect. It's perfect. All right. Thank you. Yeah. In this so trade, the Flyers, trade. <laughs> get, the Flyers get Jack Eichel. Okay. Rasmus Ristolainen, which okay. you cannot say five times fast. And you cannot. Actually, speaking, speaking of, names, of like names, yeah. Yeah. Gergensens. Yeah, Zemgis Jurgensens. Jurgensens. We'll that's Jergensons. thank you. Thank yeah. you. That was actually we're not one gonna, of, yeah. We're going to move on from that, yeah. Yeah, fuck that. Uh Buffalo would get and you're going to shit your pants when you read this one, folks. Buffalo would get Sean Couturier, Claude Giroux, mm-hmm. Shane Gostisbehere, 
Carter Hart and a second round pick. So they would get so Buffalo would get they would get the Flyers top two arguably their top two players. They would get Shane Gostaspare, who we know has high upside but has struggled this year. They would get their franchise goaltender and a second round pick for Eichel, Ristolainen, and Gergensons. Thank you. Jerry Jerry Gergensons. What's the deal? What's the deal with the Sabres? Yeah, so are you not doing this trade? I would have pulled the trigger immediately. Oh, I. how could you not? How could you I not? Think give, it's just like, I, I... I. My favorite part is just the fact that, like, like Flyers fans know how good Sean Couture is. And it's always one of those cute things that, like, fans of other fan bases are like, oh, yeah, nobody knows how good Sean Couture is. I'm going to throw him into this trade. It's like, no, we all know... You're you're not gonna get any Flyers fans who agree with you on a trade where you're sending away Sean Couturier now. Like that's not. There's a lot of like, there's segments of the fan base that don't like Claude Drew. There's, I just go on Twitter now if you don't think you know people hate Ghost or anything. I'm sure our people are already down Carter Hart, but Sean Couturier seems to be the one guy now that across the board everybody's like, no, he's good. So just throwing him into any random trade is just not going to work. Jack Eichel would be amazing, but I this is, is just the most – this is why we don't ever – this is one of the worst hypothetical trades I've ever seen in my life. I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think I would trade Jack Eichel for Sean Couturier straight up. Mm, I would consider I, it. I, mean, I would consider it, but the two-way play of Sean Couturier is that strong. That I, I mean, I don't know. That's I do love Sean Couture. I might I mean, be being stupid here, but no, this is yeah. I think we are we we love Sean Couture too much. Jack Eichel's pretty damn good, but I, I do, don't get me I, wrong. I think Jack Eichel's amazing, but I think Sean Couture is like he's kind of the cornerstone of this franchise right now. That's yeah, yeah. That's fair. Uh, I mean, I certainly, I, I just like. <laughs> anyway, it, it, so this was hilarious. This was hilariously bad, as hilariously bad as this Devils game was tonight. Yeah, I think I laughed more. Well, I definitely laughed more at that trade proposal than uh, whatever the hell this Devils game was. This, I mean, and the thing, too, I mean, personally, I just wrote an article yesterday because I wrote about how great Myers and Santa were doing because they didn't allow a 5-5 five five goal against for the last five games. So naturally, the game after I write that, 13 seconds in, Myers gets fucking pants and they get scored on. Myers and then and gets... getting pants. <laughs> and then later in the game, themselves publicly. he gets schooled by a grown adult named Miles. Some guy named Miles embarrassed him on a sheet of ice tonight in public. If you're getting if you're getting danced on by Miles Wood, I don't I don't care how many goals he has. His name is Miles. Like I, how many other? I just you know you know what I'm saying. Miles Davis. I just, okay. If Miles if Miles Davis scores on you, great. I would accept that. I'm not Miles Wood. I'm not. Miles it was the way he did it. He danced across. He made fire, Phil Myers look like an idiot on that second goal tonight. But it's it's Shane Gostisbehere's fault they lost. Well, yeah, only Shane Gostisbehere's fault. He just sucked the <laughs> energy just... out of the team. Energy vampire Shane Gostisbehere. <laughs> He's a ghost and a vampire. I think it was so annoying too because like he really didn't have that clear terrible play I guess that everybody could point to. And then when it was three nothing, he was like, you know what? I'm gonna bobble this puck at the blue line and then fall over and give a breakaway goal. 
and uh, there it was. It's Shane's time to shine. <laughs> so that's so that's that, folks. That was tonight's game. Sure. Uh, and uh, it wasn't not a, not a good time. I wasn't having fun. I'll be honest. I I watched a lot of it. I watched actually all of it. Uh, not a fan. Not failed it. Um, not great. But, but what is good news is uh, Nolan Patrick is actually practicing with the team. Patty Nolan's. Oh wow. Yeah, uh, NP uh, seventeen. That's not his nickname. Nineteen too. Also, but uh, he uh, last two days he's been practicing with the team. Uh, he wasn't available to the media yesterday. I think he talked today after practice. Um, Hart was also back at practice yesterday. He should. I think he should be good to go Saturday. Um, again, he skated with the team at points during the season, but he never practiced in full due to his migraine disorder, and. Um, it is going to be a little bit of time before he is actually back in the lineup. He still would have to do conditioning in Lehigh Valley. He still has to put together a string of practices here. So it's established that he is not still suffering from this disorder. And hopefully down the road, he is actually back in the lineup for good, which would be a huge, which would be huge for the Flyers uh, down the stretch because he is a lot better than most bottom six guys. I would assume he'd be on the third line. I assume he would be the third line center. And so if you add him into the mix on the third line, I think that does a lot for the Flyers up front. Um, and last season, Patrick got 31 points, 13 goals, 18 helpers in 72 games, 46.67 shots, four percentage, or shot times four percentage, 48.48 expected goals, four percentage. So that is exciting news. It kind of got, you know, uh, not as. We're not having as much excitement because of the game tonight, but if we had recorded this, last night, this would have been kind of the cornerstone of the podcast right here. You know, non batch up to yeah. guy fanny talk, but uh, no, this this is full full trip to Flavortown news right here. There you go. I, I'm really I I am excited to hear about this. I think it makes the team better, but it's also just you you have to feel for Nolan Patrick yeah. because he he is such a talented young guy and. A migraine disorder is just such a a bizarre, unusual thing to go through for a hockey player. Yeah. Like, you don't hear about this very often, if ever. And you just, you felt bad for the kid. Like, you felt bad for the guy. And it's, it's encouraging to hear that he could be coming back. It's encouraging as a human interest story, but it's also encouraging from a hockey standpoint. Because you look at the, the center depth they'll have then. You look at the Giroux... Drew Couturier, uh, Hayes, Patrick Lawton. That's pretty damn good. That's a really nice, like you have a lot of options there, a lot to work with, and that just makes your lineup stronger overall. Yeah. Yeah, that is true. I mean, it would ideally push Lawton back down into the 4C, and then if you have a fourth line of, I don't know, NAK, Lawton, I guess Pitlick, yeah. Lawton, Raffle, Pitlick, that's really not the end of the world. I mean, Pitlick's been playing fine lately. I actually don't mind. I think he's a good fourth-line player. I don't really know how I feel about him on the third line, but fourth line is great. And also, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just happy to see him actually. To be honest, with this disorder, I really didn't think we'd even get to this point with his progress this season. I really thought he would just be randomly skating to see how he felt, and he would never actually get back into practice. And it sounds like at this point in time and not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but if it keeps going the way it is, he might be able to play at some point in the near future, not next week, not two weeks from now, but like in March, probably. 
Yeah, by yeah, by like down the regular season. It sounded, I mean, it if, he, if like he can come in, if he can come in in mid March, early March, or something like that, that's going to make a nice difference for the team. That's really going to improve the team, and it might keep them from making a hasty decision to trade. Oh, baby, you doing it? Huh? I'm doing it to make a trade oh, for a third or fourth line center. Which I mean, do you want to do you want to take it? I mean, you got it. Do you want me to? Which Dave Scott <laughs> really wants the Flyers to go and make a trade for. Yeah. So uh, Dave Scott is like he, he's he's, he's got the the ghost of Ed Snyder inhabiting him, saying we have to make a trade. Which and honestly, really, the trade he threw out there, or it sounds like he threw out there in the Sam Carcitti piece, is the trade to make a trade. Because uh, it sounded the best kind. He's, he so I'm referencing uh Slam and Sammy sat down with Dave Scott last week and talked about Slim the referred to the co- the coaching staff as the gold standard of coaching, I believe. So there you go. Uh, I mean, Steve your comments on that. You got you got uh you got three big time ass crew guys there. That's gold standard. <laughs> gold standard. And then he also uh Cartier also dropped this in the article. Uh Quote, Scott said the Flyers, who have little salary cap room, would like to at least add a fourth-line center before the February 24th trade deadline. But even if that doesn't happen, quote, we'll definitely, we're definitely a playoff team, he said. Among the centers who could be available, uh, Minnesota's Eric Stahl and Joel Erickson-Eck, Nashville's Nick Bonino, Ottawa's J.G. Pajot, and Los Angeles's uh, Jeff Carter. Uh, this sounds familiar. All those guys wouldn't be fourth-line centers, by the way, uh, looking at their time on ice, unless some of these guys are playing 60 minutes on the fourth line every night. Like, but, Can you imagine Eric Stahl playing below Scott Lawton? If, you can, if, you can, if Eric Stahl, if the the center depth is uh, Couturier, Hayes, Patrick, and Stahl going into the playoffs, I'm not going to lie, I feel pretty good about the Flyers. That sounds pretty amazing to me. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen, but I uh, – I would take all these guys on the Flyers. There's really nobody, uh, none of these guys I'm really against. Uh, Fourth line center, Jeff Carter, just like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any team that has that role into the postseason should feel uh, should feel pretty good. Uh, also, so, I mean, those wouldn't be the fourth line options. I really Also, I don't know where they get the cap space for any of those guys. I don't, to me, this year, I, I don't know. This, I think we're at a point where, like, we've, I guess the fans deserve like a buy-in season. I just don't know if this is it. I don't know if they're there yet. And they don't have, like you said, they don't have the salary cap, all the cap space. So maybe. Are they just looking? I'm assuming then Shane Costaspare goes the other way in any one of these trades. And that's a little bit of cap space, but you still have to clear some out because they're up against the wall already. Yeah. Yeah. And I do wonder if they would look at a guy. I also wonder I don't know. I feel like you maybe throwing a guy like Lawton or Raffle who is has been used as a center and who is a center, but these I think these guys would be these guys would probably be upgrades. I mean again, they're not getting any of these guys. And if they're really looking for a fourth line center, I'm not not quite sure what the market is. So honestly. If- I, just because I don't think they're gonna I don't think they're gonna add anything at the deadline, especially with the Patrick news. If he is able to come back at some point in the regular season, or at least they feel like he is I don't think they would then push it back. I don't think they would do the Patrick Kane situation that happened 20, in 2015 where they would hold him out until the playoffs and then add him to the roster when there's no salary cap. But um, if I'm looking, so I'm looking at cap friendly right now and yeah. 
the Flyers' projected cap hit is at $82,897,163, uh, giving them projected cap space of $66,783. Yeah, so they, they have no wiggle room. And it's not really a year where... I think the Flyers... To me, the Flyers feel like a better team this year. I feel like if, when they, if they make the postseason this year... They would be a lot tougher out than they would have been in past seasons. I, 2018, I mailed it in. I didn't think they were going to beat the Penguins. 2016, I could see a path to how they could beat the Caps, but it obviously didn't happen. And in 2014, I didn't have a lot of hope either. This would be the first time they would get to the postseason where I would actually be genuinely excited and think they could get past the first-round opponent since 2012. And this year, I don't know... I don't know if the one piece is going to be enough that gets them through the conference. And I, I think I would just wait until the off season and see if you can unload some cap that way. Let Braun walk, uh, move another piece. And then if the team's better next year, buy in next year. That's me though. But going off of that too, um, apparently in 31 thoughts this week, Freeman threw out as his 12th thought that Kings coach Tom McClellan lobby for Tyler to fully to be extended but it's more likely than not the wingers dealt by the deadline. Boston and Calgary's interest interest has been reported. I think Philadelphia considered the idea as well. Tyler Toffoli is who I will put at the top of the list out of all the players we mentioned that I want. He is a shoot-first winger, and I feel like that is something that as we get further along this season and looking at the pieces and going into the next season, they really need another shoot-first guy like Konechny. If you put Toffoli and Konechny on one of the on one line each in the top six, I think the Flyers are pretty are in a lot better shape offensively. Yeah, um, I would say so. And again, his numbers the last couple of seasons haven't been great, but seven NHL seasons, he has a 30-goal season to his name. He's got two more 20-goal seasons to his name. He has 14 goals on 145 shots this season with 16 helpers for 30 points in 53 games this year. Only had 13 goals in 82 games last season. I still think there's a little bit of the Kovalchuk effect that we're seeing here where i think if you take Tafoli out of la his offense is going to jump up a lot and i not the kovalchuk effect of course of uh you don't want to play for the devils anymore and you go and play in the khl to destroy the devils <laughs> and then come back years later and score a shootout goal on them and then just start crowd when they're bailing you yeah so that you know none of that would happen but i would be for tyler Tafoli again i don't know where the salary the salary cap's coming from right I mean, well and also who you're moving around and because let's yeah let's get back on the cap friendly and see how much tyler to makes right now it's the i mean ghost is probably the the piece that feels like the most sense to move if you were going to make a trade now considering how much he makes to fully makes uh 4.6 mil Four point, so, okay. yeah, so then to fully for ghost straight up who says no <laughs> I mean, I saw somebody throw out the idea of Debrinket for Ghost, and that I would do. I think I would do. I think I'd do that. Because had a down year. Maybe. Or he down year, like, production-wise. And I I think I would add, because Debrinket is a guy that can score, and then also that would rewrite the uh, 2016 draft for me. No offense to the germ or uh, Pascal LeBurge. The, but... the germ. <laughs> the germ. Get infected, but... Uh, yeah, I, guess, I think the Germans have been hanging out with me this week. So, oh, but yeah, the yeah, Craig not at a hundred percent powering through for you. It's been. Flight I'll tell you what. 
I'll tell you what. I'm putting a lot more effort out there tonight than the uh, the fucking Flyers. That's what I'll say about it. <laughs> well, I shouldn't say the effort. I mean, they got there. a ton of shots. It's Actually, just, you it's... know what? Yeah, this is the – the Flyers and I are the same tonight. There's a lot of effort, but the execution is going to be wildly off because I'm like I'm, I'm missing stuff because of uh, – just in a, a fever days or something. I don't know. Craig uh, with the, the drive. <laughs> a drive. So, yeah, add Tyler to Foley. Trade goes for him. Put Hag on the top pair with Niskanen. Problem solved. There you go. That's how you do it. I think Hag solves everything. I mean, why would you make a trade when you have He's an all-star defenseman? Yeah. <laughs> it's all about He's... the plus minus, baby. Yeah, when he's on the ice, they haven't been scored on. So, obviously, that's going to continue. Don't look at his numbers with Braun and how they've been getting caved in. Just Listen, no goals against. It's we, know, we know how defense works, okay? And defense <laughs> works by tiny, minuscule hits that build up throughout a game until you lead the <laughs> league definitively. Guess what? Robert Hag would have had 26 hits in that game. I'm picturing, like, a Robert Hag hockey camp. Hig hockey camp where um he just invites kids and then Hig. all he does he just teaches them how to hit and he's like it's a war of attrition out there right you don't want the big hits you just want to let them know you're there every time right no don't don't separate them from the puck don't clear the crease just let them know hey you're gonna have to walk around me if you want to score these goals so and they know. will but... this is hockey and I'm here <laughs> and I'm here uh yeah so there you go so uh, Tyler Foley over. We talked about Jeff Carter before. Nick Menino's having a good season. I, I, I mean, I would take Eric Stahl. I don't think he would play in the bottom six, though. And yeah, it doesn't make any sense as a bottom six option. I mean, he could realistically <laughs> be a two C for a lot of teams, a lot of contenders. Yeah, and I think the other thing too is like if you if you did that, I think it would be a thing where you would be moving Drew. And Patrick to the wing, which I don't know how much they want to move Patrick out to the wing, so then you can make Couturier, Hayes, Stall the top three. Because I, there, I don't think he would be playing on the fourth line. That would be insane. It, it would be insane, and it wouldn't make an again unless you're. I don't know. It just wouldn't make sense. <laughs> it, yeah, I can't. Just... It, it's not. He's not a fourth liner, and he's not a guy you get to be a fourth liner. He's a guy you get. Then you can just have rock solid center depth. Yeah. No, I agree. And, uh, I mean, we'll say I, I really don't think they're going to make anything. I don't think they're going to do anything drastic, but Drew Downey. time will take, <laughs> hey, 11 I'm million, the... eight years. Who says no? <laughs> that contract yeah, fuck it, let's do it. is fucking bonkers. Yeah. And it's, I think I'm finally, I might be starting to catch up to him because he's, he's, uh, he's been having an all right season. He's been not, he's not been Drew Doughty this season. I'll say that. Well, guess uh, what? He's 30, so he's only going to get better. Oh God, he's 30? He's 30. And he's already Eight declining. years left, 11 million a season. Just, 30 is a rough age, man. It's going to be, 30 is a rough age. I think you're finding out. I, I'm i oh, I'm living the dream right now, yeah. Living the dream. That I mean, it's just a shame because Dowdy just screams compliance buyout next lockout. <laughs> Oh, yeah. The Kings are set to survive this through next season, I think, is when, uh, yeah. So they, and then they just can buy out quick and, to, and not to fully dowdy. I wonder who, yeah, quick tonight, by the way. They had quick had a classic goal against of like what his problem is now, where he sprawled all the way out to the left side of the net, 
the puck went over him, and then I, he watched the guy shoot from the right boards, but he was literally spread eagle looking at the left boards and just had to turn around and look at the puck go in the net. I feel like that's all Kings games this year. It's just him is still trying to do the craziest shit he did in 2014, and there's just nobody else helping him. Hey, after this <laughs> so year, just... only three more years of that for them. <laughs> only three. Like 5.8 mil a season. People were throwing him out there as like the backup option last year for the Flyers because they were like, five point eh, eight mil for <laughs> yeah, a backup. Uh, yeah, like Moose didn't uh, have a good game tonight, but I think he's been a, a really solid backup this year. Otherwise, and yeah. you can't beat that cap hit. No, you can't. I think he's rebounded pretty pretty nicely from last season. And like Mike wrote about uh, this week, I thought he. I think he's done a pretty good job filling in for Hart. Well, he's been out. Uh, and tonight, I mean, some of the goals tonight really weren't his. The second goal, he was off his angle. The other ones, he, I mean, they were breakaways. Like, they were just, first goal of the game was more on Myers, Sanheim, and Drew. There's a lot of, Myers got beat and there's some bad coverage. But he's been fine. Like, this season, he's been fine because he hasn't had to play, you know, six games in two days. So, he's got a little bit of rest and he can recover and everything. Um. You want me to look at these games real quick? The uh, run through the games of the week. Yeah, let's Touch run through the games. Stats. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the four to three overtime loss against the Penguins on Friday. Third highest uh, shot attempts four percentage of the season with sixty three point sixteen sixty two point one expected goals four percentage uh, was also one of the top in the see I think it's top ten. But the third period was one of the best third periods the Flyers have had on this on the season especially considering the opponent and considering it was on the road and essentially the opposite of tonight's game, essentially the opposite of tonight's game. Uh, well, actually again, they had a dominant period this, you know, dominant third tonight, but different results, I guess, but you know, whatever. I don't, it's fucking team. Uh, five on five. They had 26 to five shot attempts, uh, 17 to four shots and 16 to nothing scoring chances at five on five in the third period. 16 to nothing in one period against the Penguins, who this year have kind of been shutting it down defensively. They've taken away the, the slot for a lot of different teams this year. They've they've learned how to play defense. John Moreno, I guess, is just a miracle worker. So, um, And unlike the game before the All-Star break where Sean Couturier shutting down Sidney Crosby, it was JVR Drew Konechny that spent most of the night up against Crosby. Finished with the 70 quarter four percentage, 61.75 expected goals four percentage. And uh, Crosby had back-to-back games against the Flyers where he did not have a single shot attempt at 5-on-5 after going 70 straight games, 70 straight regular season games with at least one shot attempt overall. So the Flyers did something in back-to-back games that 70 straight teams couldn't do against Crosby. Um, Tyler Bitlick, two-point game, first multi-point game. Since New Year's Eve of 2017, when he had a two-goal game for the Stars, he's now up to 13 points in 48 games, I think. Uh, PK was over two. Third time this season, they failed to kill a single penalty in a game where they had to kill two or more. Uh, Av's game was a pretty dominant night from the Fairby Katoria Voracek line. Katoria's passing in that game was bonkers. Yeah, Real both the goals. Nice. Both the goals set up Faraby. Faraby had a, a really damn good game himself, uh, the, and the goals were nice, but it was mainly from Katori's passing, and he almost set him up for a third one in the third period. Um, again, dominant underlying numbers. They had an 80.66 expected goals for percentage and um, were plus three at five on five. And the thing is that they went up against Landis Guy, McKinnon, and Rantanen for most of the night. So they it wasn't like they were playing the the – 
the bums on the abs they're playing their top line uh kevin hayes two goal game and a shorthanded goal for a three-point game uh his second two goal game as a flyer he had two against his former team the rangers on december 23rd and a five to one win second three-point game as a flyer is had another shorthanded goal and two assists in the seven to four win over the blue jackets on october 26th uh, his fourth shorty of the season he had five, he had six in his first five NHL seasons, and now he is tied with Ottawa's Chris Tierney for the league lead with four shorthanded goals. Philly is uh, ranked uh, eighth when it comes to shorthanded goals with six. Uh, that includes Niskanen's empty net goal against the Red Wings this week, and uh, some guy that's on the AHL that scored off the faceoff um, against the Hurricanes back in November. That'll be Morgan Frost. Uh, Couturier second career three assist game. Previous one came back in March of. Uh, 2017 and also it's his third three-point game of 2020 he had a three points in the loss to the knights back on january 2nd and he had three points against the bruins in the um six to five shootout win where uh marshan uh marshan fucked up the shootout so marshan missed the puck brady dropped the ball brady dropped the pass you know how it goes uh let's see what else goes. six goals in a game it's the seventh game this year where the flyers scored six goals or more they're one of eight teams that have seven games with six goals or more and that is, I mean, that's that for that. They killed the Red Wings. It was only a 3 nothing win, but they dominated the entire game. They had a 70.49 expected goals for percentage, uh, and it was the third highest expected goals for percentage in a game. 69.14, very nice. nice. Corsi 4 percentage, highest in a season. Scott Lawn's goal streak reached uh, three, uh, and Scott Lawn didn't score tonight, but he did also have a very nice pass to Hayes. That would have tied the game early on, but Hayes got stuffed by Blackwood. Obviously, Hayes didn't score in that play, you know. Yeah. Shout out. Uh, yeah. Held, held the Red Wings. This is the last at. Held the Red Wings to 16 shots. Tied for the lowest shots against all season. They held the Dallas Stars to 16 shots on goal in a 4-1 to loss on October 19th because, sure, why not, hockey. Seventh game this season where they held, they allowed under 20 shots on goal. And they did it again tonight. So they have um, – it's the eighth – they now have eight games this season where they held opponents to 20 shots or less on goal. The only other team that's held an opponent to under 20 shots on goal uh, seven times or more. Hurricanes and Golden Knights have six. The Blues have done it four times. Nobody else has done it three times. So nobody else has done it seven times. The Flyers have now done it eight. So to, it's a good argument for the Flyers have improved defensively is this fact that they, they keep holding teams to under 20 shots on goal. And I think that is something to build off of. It is something to build off of. And I think that's yeah, what like makes it's... this Devils game so frustrating is they did limit shots. It's just when they made I... mistakes, they were pretty catastrophic and the Devils took advantage of it. And it's yep. it's a shame because they that, that was a great three-game streak to get a, a point in a tough matchup in Pittsburgh to beat the Avalanche, who have been a very tough team this year, and then to mm-hmm. dominate the Red Wings like they should dominate them. That's That was a great stretch. And... They should have come out and beaten the Devils tonight, and I think that's... But And again, they did a lot of the things right. They they won the shot battle, and they limited opportunities, but again, when they allowed an opportunity, it was catastrophic. Yeah, and it was yep, and it just found its way to the back of the net. And I think... But I, I think part of it is what you were just saying, where they've, they've looked great coming back out of the break. And they had a real trap game on Monday playing the Red Wings, who are barely an NHL team. And I think that they beat them. Maybe they kind of let up tonight, knowing that the Caps are also they're playing the Caps on Saturday. So maybe they felt like they weren't going to fall for a trap game because they avoided the first trap game. 
Yeah. I don't know. It, there's there's the, so I can't you can't explain tonight. No, what no. are the Red Wings <laughs> on on pace for? Like forty five points, I think. Ugh, I something terrible like that. I think they're on pace for like minus one hundred twenty five goal differential, Mwah. which we talked about. Yeah, I mentioned the uh, the go, the Flyers oh six oh seven goal differential. I think they didn't break minus ninety. I think they were minus eighty nine. So to be and now they had twenty two wins that season. So to go over 100 like well over 100 is insane in this league uh but also speaking of insane uh it's it's the only way to describe my emotions for this next bit of news i'm about to share uh the flyers and longtime equipment manager derek settlemeyer uh have evidently parted ways and i am still trying to i mean i'm on my feels right now gang i can't get over it i I cried about it day and night and it's you hate to see it's it. like, yeah, favorite figures when it comes to the Flyers. It's like you know Richards, Lindros, Settemeyer, and then and then Leclerc is like a close fourth, you know. So Settemeyer was up there. Yeah, I mean some of those times, like man, some of the ways he would grab a stick off a bench and hand to a guy that needed it on the ice. I just, I'm gonna miss that. Uh, DS, if you're out there listening, I love you, buddy, and I'm hoping for the best. Uh, and also now I gotta come up with a. Another figure to throw into my uh, hypothetical trades that won't matter. So I still have the rights to Valerie Vasiliev. I think I got a couple more years on that. Uh, I'll figure out something. Ilya Brzezgalov season tickets. Ilya, yeah, that's a good one. Versus season tickets. Yeah, he's got those for seven more years. Jesus Christ! (laughs) 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 All I can say is, don't settle for less. Hire Settlemeyer. That's a. I feel like you should just do the ads for like any law firm. That I feel like you, you had Sanheim Myers, and now you're setting up Myers. You know, that's my dream job, right? Is just exclusively making advertising for law firms. Nothing else, just just law firms. <laughs> Craig, can I, I, can like I gonna... real quick? I know you had a transition all set up, but I really. I've been thinking about this since I said it earlier when I, I discussed the Couturier for Eichel thing straight up. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, in on, on paper, I should 100% be like, yeah, Eichel for Couturier, no brainer. I don't like Jack Eichel is what it comes down to. Like, I just don't oh, like it. Is. This is you. All you're trying to do is you're trying to you're trying to agree with Steph here so you can get a bigger paycheck. That's all you're trying to do because Steph is the known Jack Eichel hater. Oh no but no no! I'm, I, a... I, I, I'm yeah. That's what I'm doing to get that bigger paycheck. No, I am with Steph yeah. in this one. I think he's a punk. Uh, I'm not, that that's the way like it means the... I'm old is I say punk. Yeah yeah he's he's a damn youngin out damn there. Youngin. It's something with the curly hair. It's his, I don't know. His, I just yeah. don't like him for some reason. So, yeah, fuck him. Give me Sean Couturier and his uh, toothless yeah. grin any day of the week. He is from Massachusetts, so he probably is a Patriots fan. Oh, yeah. I believe he's from Massachusetts. Unfortunately, so I think is, he's from, yeah. So is dear Kevin like Hayes. Oh, uh, well, yeah, but Kevin Hayes has proven he's it seems like he's a pretty cool guy. It does seem know. like he's a cool I've guy. I've enjoyed Kevin Hayes this year. So oh, I'm, I'm loving Hayes. I'm loving Hayes. There, there were a lot of things I was not thought I was going to hate about him, and it's all gone in the complete opposite direction. But Jack Eichel, I feel like I can get the I can get not liking Jack Eichel. I just Jack Eichel is really good, and I don't. I know, know he's really good. I know. He's yeah, really I just good. don't I, know how insane it would it sounds to say like I we we don't know how we feel about it. Sean Dory is pretty damn good though. Like this, I think what would go into it is the the fact that nobody else realizes how good Sean Couturier yeah. is. I I just didn't so. want the listeners to think I was a complete lunatic. I am most of a lunatic. <laughs> like I'm I'm like 
85% lunatic, but I just wanted them to know I'm not a total lunatic. It's just, you know, completely non-objective feelings towards a player based on media (laughs) quotes. So, yeah, perfect science. It is. I will say, Sabres fans are losing their mind at the moment. Like, they are just tired with Jason Botterill and everything. Yeah, it is kind of... I mean, they they haven't well, they haven't had much to cheer about for a while, and it's obvious that Jack Eichel is a monster, and they just aren't getting him a ton of help. And uh, yeah, but uh, I guess suck it, Sabers, and uh, that's that. I got nothing else. Um, but I was I forget what the transition was. Let's just talk about Kimo Timina. That's it. I want to talk about Kimo Timina. Let's talk right about Kimo Timo. I mean, we had to watch that Flyers Devils game tonight, so it's been too Kimo long Timo since we've talked about Kimo Timo. It's uh, it's been a while. Been a while. Uh, so, Kimo Timonen and Mark Streit are going to be inducted into the International Ice Hockey Federation's Hall of Fame class of 2020. Uh, so Timonen, 571 points in 1,108 NHL games. He had 270 points in 519 games over seven seasons with the Flyers. 29 points in 71 playoff games. Uh. 10th round pick in 1993 to the Kings. A 10th round pick. That's kind of, yeah, a little mind-blowing. Olympic bronze medal with Finland in 1998, 2010, and 2014. They won silver in 2006. Also won the world championship silver in 1998, 99, and 2000. Uh, One memory I have of, well, I always think of the cup handoff between him and Taves. But another moment I was trying to find on YouTube so I can show it to you, Steve, but... The 2011-12 season opener, it was a 2-1 to game. I think the Flyers were on the penalty kill in the third period. And Krejci took a shot where um, Prisgalf was on. You're not going to believe it. Prisgalf was out of position on the other side of the net. Krejci had a wide open net. Whoa. And, and Stop the in, presses. Krejci put a shot about two inches off the ice, and Timonen somehow got his stick, corralled it down to the ice, and cleared it out of the zone in one fell swoop. I couldn't find the highlight. I thought it would have been one of those random things that some Flyers fan would have been like, this is nuts. And then there would have been like an eight-second clip, but couldn't find it. I'll see if I can dig that up some way, one way or another. And then Mark Streit, 434 points, 786 NHL games, 140 points, and 274 games with the Flyers. He was a key player on Team Europe back in the 2016 World Cup of Hockey. Remember when they used to have international hockey tournaments? Yeah, that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah, where they uh, get medals for it and <laughs> – Players yeah, could, every- I don't know, stop playing in February for a couple of weeks just to try and earn glory for their, their nations. That was a good time. Yeah, show, show emotion, actually feel alive. Yeah. Uh, they came in second to Team Canada. Another late round pick, ninth round pick to Montreal in 2004. Former Tallahassee Tiger Shark of the ECHL also wanted to point out that Brian Elliott, if you're thinking about these late round picks, Brian Elliott was a ninth round pick of Ottawa back in 2003 too. I forget when they took out the later rounds of the draft, but it is kind of funny to see some of the names that went. I think Yaroslav Locke is another one that went. Now, Greg, real Greg, correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't you Mark- Greg on me? <laughs> it's late. Okay. <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't Mark Streit? The Brian Elliott's current age when he was drafted into the NHL. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Because the, the thing so about Mark Strait is that he started his career like super late. So by the time he reached the Flyers and signed, however long his deal was, like he was already like 34, but he'd only been in the league for a few years. Yeah, he did start pretty late. I forget how late in his career, but he, yeah, he didn't come along for for a while. Um, 
And uh, of course, he is an important uh, figure in Flyers history because if he did not break his penis, Shane Gosper would not have been called up in 2015-16 and gone on that historic uh, rookie campaign he had. R.I.P.D. Mark Streit's penis. Never forget. R.I.P.D. MSD. Uh, Also, it sounds kind of funny, but he might actually be... At the moment, he is maybe the best Swiss player ever. He's up there. He's not going to be. I mean, he's going to get lapped by Roman Yossi and Mikko Hishier and some other guys here. But um, currently, the all-time leader in points among Swiss-born NHLers. He has 434. Yossi has 399. And again, I mean, Timo Meyer. I'm watching the Sharks-Oilers game. Timo Meyer is another one who is should probably get up there. Yossi's going to pass him. Um, Hishier, Kevin Fiala. Like, there's a bunch of guys that are still in the league and pretty decent. Kevin, Kevin Fiala is not a, a monster, but I'm saying, like, he is a pretty good player, a Swiss-born player, too. So, Mark Strait, uh, 29, yeah. when he made his NHL debut. 29, Jesus. Was that 07, 08? Uh, 05, that? 06. 05, Oh, never mind. I was thinking of the, uh, the yeah, 07, 08 was when they were the one seed, needed seven games to beat the Bruins in the first round. They burned a bunch of cop cars and then they lost to the Flyers in five. That was a good that was a good season for the, the Habs fans right there. Yeah. He was like twenty eight, twenty nine, and then so and then he signed with the Flyers in twenty thirteen. Yep, I remember that. That was uh that was a good time because that was supposed to be like the answer on the blue line. And uh little FYI if you guys tuned out of the Flyers for a bit, which who blames you? That wasn't the answer on the blue line. <laughs> what do you mean? They, they, were, these, they look far from it. These guys are appropriate to go into the International Hockey Hall of Fame together because they're two of the greatest defensemen in Flyers history. <laughs> Actually, you it can also kind of... say uh it's one of the greatest or one of the greatest defensemen in Flyers history and a guy who broke his penis. And a guy that just snapped it right off. Yeah, it is kind of funny that these guys were actually on the Flyers' blue line at one point in time. Like, two of the best international players and then just Flyers teams that were nowhere near stepping the cup. Yeah, so. and they were the same age. <laughs> same age. I yeah, mean, just... <laughs> the thing, just going back to Kimo Timonen, uh very quickly, yeah. the thing about him that I think his greatest compliment is you didn't even notice he was on the ice most of the time, which is, I I think most of the truly, you know, really solid defensemen are guys you don't even notice out there because they're just doing their job so effectively. Uh, Think of Eric Desjardins, for instance, like you didn't really, the only time you noticed Desjardins, like he'd score the occasional goal, but you never really noticed him for screwing up because he was just so solid. And if guys playing like 20 plus minutes a night, and you don't notice him like screwing up at all. That's a pretty damn good night from a defensive standpoint. Yeah, and that's the thing I, I think about teaming and why he's always going to be underrated is because, especially for defensemen, if you're if you don't score and you're not a big bruising defenseman, the less you get noticed. Yeah, it probably means you're you're playing a pretty flawless game. And I felt like that's how we felt about teaming for most seasons. Was he would just go games without fucking up, but he would also still. Moved the puck pretty well, chip in with some assists here and there, but he was he was just a ridiculous defenseman. And we didn't I, really watch the game the same way we watch it now no. while Timonen was really in his prime. Uh, yeah. Because the way we watch it now is we watch it really close, especially you know measuring all the advanced stats we have. People are really watching like good defensive play more closely than ever. And it really was not as much the case. Like it wasn't to the extremes that say like the nineties were, but it's still in his era, like 
you had Chris Pronger and Kimo Tiemann in on the same team. Of course, everybody's going to talk about Pronger. Pronger was a dominant player yeah. in pretty much yeah, all aspects yeah. of the game. Personality, physicality. Uh, he had really good offensive skills sometimes, too. Like, it, Pronger was just amazing. But him and Tiemann, having both those guys on that team, is really why that team was able to go as far as they were. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, that top four was freaking great. I mean, it's yeah. the, the top Even four defensemen, <laughs> despite the fact that two of those guys might have shitty reputations with our insane fan base. I was going to say, even though two of those guys are absolutely hated by like 90% of the fan base. Oh my but God. It's so obnoxious. That, to yeah. This day. Pronger and Carl and uh Timon and Cobra and that pair almost made you forget about Bartula's parent and, uh, and don't um, cry check on the third pair oh, during God. that cup. Almost. Almost. Even, you know, and then they had to play like five minutes and then they fucked up. <laughs> it was all five minutes. Got scored on. <laughs> yeah. I will say, but going off of that, too, Tiemann had a lot of those factors going against him for that made sense that he was underrated. He, was, he wasn't he was a big personality. He was a 10th-round pick. Like you, I mean, he started – he was picked by L.A. He was the 10th-round pick by L.A., so who cares about the Kings farm system? Played in Nashville for a while while they were still establishing themselves as a franchise. Then he got traded to the Flyers, and, yeah, he was pretty much second fiddle to Pronger. And then he's also Finnish, so he doesn't get the international love of, like, a Canadian player. So it is kind of amazing how all those things kind of worked against him to kind of highlight how great of a defenseman he was. But he is it is nice he's getting recognized still. To have a a monster NHL career and a monster in an uh, international career for uh, Kimo Team. And I've said monster like 10 times tonight, so I hope you guys are enjoying that very much. Well, but, that's what um, Craig is drinking in order to stay up for the rest of this podcast. Oh, baby. No. <laughs> Not, no, I'm, uh, I'm about to chug some of this NyQuil. I'm, I'm eyeing it up right now. I'm looking right at oh, it. Oh, man. I Craig is like, is it time for batch update yet? I <laughs> got to crash hard. Um, Imagine Robo tripping Craig for the rest of the episode. Like we've had drunk Steve on this podcast, but I don't think we've had Robo tripping Craig. Yeah, Robo, and uh, you know what? I don't know if it's gonna happen, but it, we we might get there. If I still have this, if I still feel like this next week, I'm gonna drink some of my quote before I go on, and then we'll we'll see how that pans out. I think you'll make it maybe half the episode. Yeah, that would be a fair. That would be a fair assessment. Of what's like you going just on. hear so. Craig's mic just. <laughs> I'll be like, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, let's just put Hag on the top. I'll say all the stuff I said sarcastically tonight, but actually, Matt, like, yeah, yeah, fuck it, yeah, just put Hag on the top there. Uh, so I was gonna do a long thing about why the Blue Jackets suck, and uh, I'm pretty much just gonna sum it up. They've been on fire recently, but it's mainly because. Goalies you don't know are going off. That's pretty much all it is. So I'm going to run through it real quick, Steve. I'm sorry. Uh, they were 11, 14, and 4 on December 7th. They then went on a 12 game point streak where they went 8, 0, and 4. And then since then, they had a regulation loss and they are now on a nine point, uh, nine point game, or nine game point streak. 10, 2, and 1 in their last 13. 18, 2, and 5 since December 7th. Uh, they've allowed two goals or less in 17 of those 25 games. And here are the guys who are killing it for him. Elvis Merzlikens. Of course. Played in 15 of those games since the start of the turnaround, going 11 2 1 with a 947 save percentage and four fucking shutouts. This Elvis Merzlikens? Elvis Merzlikens. Like that's, yeah, you tell me. that's essentially, you just pulled a bunch of letters out and that made a name. Like you, you had the first name Elvis and then you just were like, all right, 
Let's pull a bunch of letters out and see what happens. Do you did you ever do the draft in like the older NHLs? Oh yeah. And they would have guys from like Croatia and like just countries that like no NHL players from and they would always have I feel like Elvis Merzlikens was like a guy that went to you in like the seventh round. And they were like, uh, like it just it feels like a made up name. I don't know. And then Junus Corpusallo has played ten games this year. He's been out for, for a stretch because of injuries, but he's played ten games. Um, and he's six zero and three with a nine forty two save percentage and one shutout in this stretch. They've listen, also because <laughs> listen, there's one thing, there's one indisputable fact in the NHL, and it's that John Tortorella knows goalies. Torts knows goalies. Also, one more, because Corpus Hell has been hurt, hasn't played since December 29th, and they've leaned on Elvis a lot. They've also had to call Latvian Matisse Kileniex, an undrafted 23-year-old netminder, who I think that's how you say his name. Of course, I've never heard it pronounced. Um, 1-0-1, percentage in two games. So, three goalies, all with a save percentage of over 942 during this stretch. Uh, just so, to be clear, I, he's from Latvia, right? Like his first yes. name isn't Latvian. No, no, he's Latvian. Yes, sorry. Okay. So I was, yeah, I was trying to. Because <laughs> he doesn't have. There aren't many distinguishable characters or uh, traits about. But I thought he had a bizarre full name so. for a second. <laughs> but still, I'm American Craig Forsyth. Still, <laughs> 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 so we're just gonna start doing that. I yeah. am a real. Uh, <laughs> so Matisse and also Kivleniex. That is these are, yeah, I mean and I'm of course I'm probably mispronouncing all these names. You guys know this. You are used to the show by now. Oh uh, um, yeah, I Corpus know Allo, Uh like Corpus Allo coming into the season was expected to be alright, but overall the Blue Jackets are supposed to take a huge blow with Bravowski leaving and having to lean on these guys because Merzlikens I mean, no disrespect, he just wasn't expected to nobody expected him to do this nonsense right here to go nine or uh, nine forty six for however long he's been playing. Um, and one of the big factors has been Oliver Bjorkstrand, who was drafted, of course, after Tyrell Goldbrun back in 2013. He has 11 goals in 12 games since December 7th. I, the 2013 draft is a lot of fun once you get into the third round there. Uh, also in that time, Zach Wierenski has 10, uh, 10 goals, leads the team with 10 goals, and has 16 points, or he has 10 goals. Bjorkstrand leads the team. 10 goals and 16 points in 21 games. Pierre-Luc Dubois leads the team in overall points with 24 and 25 games. Pierre-Luc Dubois, by the way, because Patrick has been a... Unfortunately, because of his injury and everything, uh, a lot of talks have been about, was Patrick the right choice at number two? I feel like that's kind of... A, at the time, not a lot of people were going, we shouldn't take had Patrick here, so I think that's a little bit of revisionist history, but... Yes. For those people that want to say that Patrick wasn't the right pick, and you shouldn't just always go with the guy that's assumed to go where they're supposed to go high in the draft, I think uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois is a good example of that because that 2016 draft, everybody had it penciled in. It was going to be Matthews, Line, Pugliarvi. And the Blue Jackets had the third overall pick, and they went with Dubois. And everybody was like, what are you doing? And look at Dubois now, and look at Pugliarvi now. So... If you wanted to go down that road, I'm not going down that road, but I'll, I'll help you. I'll assist you in that argument that I don't think has any uh, weight to it. So, 
Um, also, nobody's been driving play on the Blue Jackets. It's really been the main thing. Since the start of this 25-game stretch, they're 29th in the league in Corsi 4 percentage and 23rd in expected goals 4 percentage. Also, they're doing this while Ryan Murray, Josh Anderson, Dean Kukin, Alexander Texier, Alexander Venberg, Dean Kukin, and Brandon Dubinsky are all out of the lineup. Brandon Dubinsky has been out all year, but all those other guys are somewhat important pieces. But again, goalies are just bailing them out. Uh, I just wanted to talk about them because they are in the playoff picture right now. Like they're one of the teams challenging the Flyers for one of these last playoff spots. Of course. And I think we could see them falling. I mean, again, this is a thing. Who knows how long this can hold up? Who knows how long Hag can be on the ice without a goal against for? Who knows how long these no-name goalies on the Blue Jackets can keep posting 950 save percentages for months at a time? It's things that you would think there's no way that's going to hold up. And then years down the line, you get older and you start the age and you're like, well, I guess it's just going to hold up forever. Well, so let's that's do the Flyers hockey. <laughs> that's Flyers, that's hockey, Flyers baby. hockey, baby. All right, let's do it. You ready? We'll be you. Yeah, let's let's do that batch let's update. Do, oh, let's do that batch Because <laughs> hockey's depressing. It's, it's funny because the Flyers are objectively having a better season. They're a better team this year than in the past few years. And they just can't catch a goddamn break. Like, maybe the East could just take it easy for a year. The Metro could just be like, you know what? Maybe we'll just sit back and, and let things be chill, right? No. Yeah. No. No. Teams are going to come out of the woodwork. So just, yeah. I mean, the Blue Jackets are supposed to be the team that, uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't really factor them in this year. I really didn't think they'd be making a push. I mean, when you look at what they lost to, I don't know. Let's talk about Especially the Bachelor because that's but... that's far less di- far less distressing. Yeah, let's uh, let's do this. All right, so quote at the beginning of this three-hour episode, holy balls! Pilot Pete sends Alea home. My God, what are they? A fly purpley episode? Then flew to Cleveland to get back on the show, so she's home. So she, I don't think she's coming back. She might come back. Who knows? But it sounds like she is finally home. Uh, Moving on, uh, quote, everyone then flies to Costa Rica. Pete tells the contestants a story about his first few hours in Costa Rica, where he tried to hop on a golf cart, hit his head on said golf cart, and his head bounced back and hit a glass he's holding, resulting in 22 stitches. So, Pilot Pete's an idiot, pretty much. The only way he can trans- uh, travel places is just by plane. Uh, you give him a car, a golf cart, apparently he's going to hurt himself. Good uh, lord. You ever, have, you, you ever have stitches? Uh, b- 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 I don't. I've never gotten them. I don't think I've gotten them. I've I've had yeah. horrific arm injuries before, but I don't think it involves stitches. It involved a, a pin, but not stitches. Yeah, I I don't think I, I've never had a cut that was bad enough that I had to get uh, stitches. But um, let's see. Quote: Pete and Sydney go on their first one on one, where the they fly over some volcanoes in a helicopter and make out. So just your casual, you know. We've all been right there. Yeah, I mean, who 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 hasn't been there? Um, but I mean, let's be serious. How many times have you flown over a volcano in your helicopter? Oh, at least five. Yeah, so there you go. Um, uh, moving on again. <laughs> Next is the group date where Cosmopolitan hosts a photo shoot. Oh my god! Under some waterfalls, the winner gets to be on the cover. The photographer, who looks somewhere in between Jeff Bezos and Ozzy Osbourne, encourages the contestants Great to touch combo. Pete. Victoria F. wins. The rest of the contestants watch her and Pete make out for the cover shoot. So, 
I feel like this show is just a lot of watching people make out and then just the contestants being mad when they're not making out with the good old pilot Pete, good old 2P. Uh, but also the Jeff Bezos, Ozzy Osbourne hybrid. The, uh, that's a monster. The Ozzy Bezos. That's a, I don't want to, yeah, that's a lot of. <laughs> did you say, did you say Ozzy Bezos? I may have, yeah. I My mean... God, what a monster Ozzy Bezos is. Like this just bald. <laughs> drug-addled maniac wearing like uh those like 60s like circular glasses you can't understand just... a word he's saying but he's rich as fuck and he rubs it in your face every chance he gets and you better be sure he doesn't pay taxes <laughs> i like to picture uh ozzy bezos uh he just he, he walks out to the stage for a concert and while the crowd's going nuts he just rips the uh the top of an amazon prime coupon off or something and throws it into instead of a bat and just throws it into the uh into the crowd something like that amazon uh, <laughs> i was going <laughs> to say instead of your own share and he just keeps your own amazon <laughs> prime Alrighty. prime 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 uh, Ozzy Bezos. On. I'm sorry. Ozzy Bezos is the most horrifying creature I have pictured, and I I hate him so much. Actually, if you can, Jeff Bezos and Ozzy Osbourne probably have like half the money in the world, right? And by combining <laughs> them, I mean Jeff Bezos has about a half of it, and then Ozzy Osbourne's. Ozzy Osbourne had a, a very successful career, and God knows how much money he has pretty, at this point. Yeah, he's worth a butt on. Yeah, but who? I mean, it's it's still amazing to think that of all the the rockers of that era that Ozzy has made it. Yeah. Like the odds of that happening. If, if you had gone back in time to, I don't know any point in the seventies, eighties, even the nineties and said, you know what? Ozzy Osbourne's going to outlive a lot of people. <laughs> I would have said, you're a fucking liar. <laughs> you're a madman. All right. Let's see. Uh, okay. Moving on quote on Kelly and Pete's one-on-one date. They meet two spiritual guides. The guides light a, quote, male and female candle to represent their relationship. Based on how they melted, the guides determined that the female candle is over the dude candle. Later, Pete asked Kelly why the candles melted that way, and Kelly had to explain to him that they're just fucking candles. So there you go. Oh, you see, is... Pete, uh, it involves gravity, wax, and heat. Do you understand any <laughs> of the words I've said? I like planes. <laughs> If it's not a plane or it's not a windmill, I'm not interested. So you keep these candles to yourself. I want. I think the 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 finale of The Bachelor should just be everybody's just in a classroom and they have to pass like a, a chem exam, and like that's it. And whoever whoever's the one that breaks the 25 percent threshold, like that's the one who gets to end up with Pete. That's I what want. I want, to say. I want the and finale of take it. And if he doesn't pass, then he. He has to leave the show. No, I think it should be even more basic than that. Not even a chem exam. Just like English 101 and see what <laughs> happens. And just sit there grimacing with pain when you see the results. Like you just have to watch this this poorly paid teacher grade it in a dimly lit room. Go, just shaking his head going, my God. You don't know what an adjective is? Oh, my God. <laughs> I asked him which state... Uh, Tallahassee is in, and they said Antarctica. So I, I don't know. I'm returning this. This is just uh, last one here. Kelsey from Des Moines. Actually, let's talk about that real quick. Kelsey from Des Moines is like the worst title I think anybody could have. Des Moines is like 
It's got to be the most boring city in America, right? It's it's definitely up it's there. A, yeah. I mean, right now it's making some news, I guess. Or, well, I mean, not Des Moines. Well, let's I talk was, about but... caucuses. No, yeah. <laughs> Des Moines is but the... Des Moines is a, a top boring city right there. Des Moines, Toledo, Sacramento. I think those are my big three for random cities I always hear about, and I just like who cares. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Kelsey from Des Moines gets in a spat with Tammy. I, with Tammy, as she finds out, Tammy tells Peter that Kelsey pops pills and has alcoholic tendencies. So that's a lot of drama. I'm just not going to remember. Also, I didn't know. Kelsey from Des Moines and Tammy, I think, are new to the batch update. Uh, and I, I don't think we had Kelly before either. So Ian's spicing up, giving us some, uh, some updates on these uh, all these people we don't know about before. But, yeah, that's it. That's uh, Here's the thing. I, I would just assume that you popped pills and had alcoholic tendencies if you were showing up on The Bachelor. Yeah. Well, I mean, also... That's part of the audition, I, right? Is, like, you have to <laughs> exhibit alcoholic tendencies and the pills are what get you through being on The Bachelor. I feel, yeah, I feel like being on The Bachelor or Bachelorette has just got to be a draining experience. Because theoretically, apparently, you like this person. For some reason, even though, you know, like, 20 other people are, are going at it. And you then, like, you're going to make out with them for eight minutes and then the rest of it just watching everybody else make out with them. So I... It sounds like not a good time. It feels like I want to be I would want to be fucked up in those situations. So I kind of get the the pills and the alcoholic tendency. So anyway, around the league, let's do around the league. Let's transition. Let's have no way to transition into around the league from that. Around the league <laughs> with a somewhat big trade that uh, Steve we could talk about for a second here. Uh, the Kings traded Jack Campbell, goaltender Jack Campbell, and Kyle Clifford to the Maple Leafs for Trevor Moore, a 2023rd and a conditional 2021 third as well this is because frederick anderson left a game on tuesday with a neck injury was ruled out for the rest of the game and i guess he is going to be out for a little bit of time so now the leafs are going to be rolling with jack campbell and michael hutchinson for the near future lol because that does not sound like a good time um so there you go that's uh and also i'm not i don't kyle clifford's fine like i feel like kyle clifford and trevor moore kind of uh cancel each other out but uh kyle dubas's uh i guess love for jack campbell continues after traded like seven pieces for him back in junior and now he's getting back he's a genius yeah, he's a genius hey got a goalie got still signed john Tavares. also he had a kyle cliff kyle clifford two-time cup winner that's the i mean you gotta add that to the locker room so uh nathan gerby who i i'll tell you what i forgot he was in the league uh stays in columbus for two years well, he's so tiny. A year. i don't even see him out there yeah that's it uh eight oh, games good night, <laughs> spent all of last year in the ahl with the cleveland monsters the blue jackets ahl team only played in two ahl games since 2017-18 after spending most of the season in switzerland's top league and la and then also spent most of, or spent all of 2016-17 in LA, and somehow he's back here as an NHL regular. So a hell of a career like path for him, but uh, back in the league. Uh, left-hand defenseman Nico McCola stays in St. Louis for two years, seven hundred seven thousand five hundred bucks a year. Chicago claimed left-hand defenseman Nick Sealer off waivers from the Wild. He has two points in six games this season with Minnesota. The Canadians sent Jasperi Kake Niami down to the Laval Rocket in the AHL. Third overall prick in 2018. He has eight points in 36 games this season with a minus 1.2 war rating. So maybe not the best season for him, but I mean, he 
been in the league since he's been drafted. So uh, maybe this is just, uh, you know, part of the, the growing process, I guess. Uh, Philip Zadina is out two to three weeks with a terrible case of LBI. Alexander Venberg, who I mentioned earlier, out three to four weeks with a the worst case of UBI you've ever seen. Uh, oh, wow. According to Frank Saravalli, <laughs> it looks like Dustin Bufflin and the Jets are working their way towards a mutual contract termination. Bufflin and the Jets. Bam, bam. Oh, yeah. He gets, yeah. Uh, he, I mean, yeah, that's been a what's uh, going on there? Interesting situation. I, I couldn't tell you. I mean, I, I think he's like, on. It he's still hasn't been determined what's going on, right? Like, is it is it injury? Yeah, they, is it mental? Is it, it? It's like a personal leave thing. I I forget if they ever found out what was going on, but he just wasn't showing up for the season, and now it sounds like they're gonna if they do. Um, terminate this contract that's not going to be held against the Jets, I believe. It just, it would be like a Kovalchuk situation where it's just wiped off the books because both sides are agreeing to to do it. And it would be big for the Jets because the Jets have pretty much been hanging around the playoff picture because of Connor Hellybuck and because their defense has lost, uh, I mean, they lost Truba, Myers, and Buffalo in one offseason, and it shows in the underlying numbers they're they have terrible play driving numbers. It's just been how you book bailing them out. So if they can somehow get another defenseman at the deadline with this cap space, that might make them a little more formidable of an opponent. Uh, and then last but not least, in a good bit of news, Bobby Ryan had practiced with the centers yesterday after returning from the league's assistance program. He hasn't played in a game since November 16th. So ah, good for Bobby Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we like to make some Bobby Ryan jokes because of the uh, Cherry Hill native from New Jersey, Bobby Ryan, who's from Cherry Hill, New Jersey, you know, the, the usual he's from here type of stuff, but pretty serious matter for him. And it looks like he is, uh, he's doing all right now. So good for him. Yeah. Good news. And uh, I mean that's it, Steve. I don't. I got. I got nothing. I, this is uh, you know. I I kind of forgot about the game tonight until I just said it right now, and now I'm thinking about it again. And, uh, Craig, uh, it's cool. It's cool. It's it it it's real cool. It's real cool. <laughs> they don't all have to be four hour marathons. And that, next that... week can be a four hour marathon. We're good today. Okay. You right. go. You heard here, folks. You go Robo Trip. You you suck down that say, Nyquil I'm, and you feel better. I'm gonna next go week. with the Nyquil like right now while we're running. <laughs> you you know what? I'll do all the social media stuff. You chug that okay. Nyquil and good night and good hockey. There we go. We'll get some audio on a uh, yeah. Yeah. Why why don't we just get the audio of you chugging it? Go, 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 go. <laughs> well, here's the thing. You think I got to do the 30 milliliters, or you think I just take a swig from the bottle? It's one of those nights where I think I might have to take a swig from the bottle. Just be careful, friend. Just, just not be careful. An alarm. Be careful. Be safe. <laughs> if be safe. I'm you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. You can reach me at Flyperbole or at Estebomb, but make it Flyperbole for all of your hockey needs. Follow BSH Radio. Follow Broad Street Hockey. Be sure to like, subscribe, rate, all that great stuff on all your favorite podcast services. Like us on Facebook. Am I missing something? Do we have a TikTok? What is TikTok? I'm old. Who knows? Anyway, that's all we got. Until next time, good night and good hockey. All right, I took the I took the NyQuil shot, so. Wow, 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 wow. Wow. Hello everybody, this is
is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Fly, 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 f